He's been gone a while, but welcome back to El Diablo. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. streak of five different winners in five rounds is over. Welcome to episode 269. Go on, get it out of the way. Nice! Nice! Nice. We have a very mature panel with us here. Uh, of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighbor host, Dre Harrison, and I'll give you a little backstory before we get into this recording. It is currently nearly 10pm British Standard Time here. Why we normally... That? Yeah, well, the, it's, it's on... <laughs> It's it's what's on in the background, RJ. Like now, like we were waiting, like to record because we all got suckered into the Reds Braves baseball wild card game one that went thirteen like thirteen full innings in the end before Freddie Freeman finally hit a walk off single. <laughs> no, I, don't know if I, I don't know if this celebration is going to be timely. I don't know if they're going to drop those two, next two games. Or I'm just so happy we won this one. Let's fucking go! For those of Here you who talk. can't see it on YouTube, RJ is the biggest Braves fan. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, I, don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm the biggest Braves fan. I, I do think that there is certain imagery the team has adopted and has tried to distance themselves away from this year that I think is perfectly fine if they did further... That I also don't. I, I also. Uh, I also don't share a lot of the views and social political opinions of most of this Braves fan base, which happens to be situated out in the burbs. But you like the team. That, that was a. I just that, like the team. That was a great. That, that was a great disclaimer, by the way. That was perfect. You rolled that off perfectly. Well, I'm <laughs> suffering with, um, alongside RJ for the next hour or so will be me. Hello, Ryan King. <laughs> Hello. I am so looking forward to see the New York Yankees play the Cleveland Indians. This won't go bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, kids, you heard it here first. <laughs> there will totally not be a follow-up if Cleveland comes back from a game down to win the series. Just throwing that out there. Meanwhile, speaking of baseball, Cam, how's your Red Sox going down there? Yeah, how's your Walkhard series well, uh, going? Well, um, has to I have to say, um, not a lot's really happening <laughs> in that series. It, what time uh, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of had uh, it's kind of had trouble existing, <laughs> and uh, I, I think I, I don't know when I'm going to have to wait for longer the next Red Sox win or the next Honda MotoGP podium. Tackers not done too bad this year. You never know. <laughs> never a podium. Uh, never a podium. So, so what are we going to talk about today, Dre? We're going to talk about MotoGP's uh, uh, season, like season twenty twenty part two opener, as Doctor Who would like to call it these days, uh, at Catalonia to break in the second half of the year, and it was a. Uh, interesting sort of race of attrition like again for on track action this wasn't a classic i'm not gonna lie to you even by gp standards but there was a lot of interesting little things to talk about and we've got a bunch of interesting off track news to get through as well as three major seats for silly season got confirmed in the last 72 hours or so uh if you want to throw in saturday because Yes, we got the uh, we got the worst kept secret in motorsport that was unveiled on Saturday afternoon. Um, and we'll it wasn't. No, no, we can't call it that. It wasn't a secret. Well, yeah, we I all guess, knew. 
Yeah, I mean, we all knew, but it was finally, finally, officially confirmed for all intents and purposes on Saturday. It regards a certain Afro-haired Italian, and uh, a couple more of them getting confirmed in other places up and down the field as well at Ducati, because for once we didn't miss time this recording, today Ducati announced the future of their MotoGP lineup, and it's actually pretty good. We'll get Trey, into that why would on. you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you put that evil on us? Uh, I, I, I don't know what you're referring to here, Mr. Buckley. Uh, no, 15 minutes after we're done recording, they're going to announce that, oh, Ducati's <laughs> shuttering their entire operation. Just you watch. Yeah, yeah. Just, just gonna like Stefano's like, then... bye, guys. Um, Everything shut down. So. Husqvarna's <laughs> coming to MotoGP, and they've signed Vizioso as their star rider for five years. Oh, man. Sweet. Husqvarna versus what? KTM. What is this? Supercross? Oh, oh God! Oh dear! We'll also get into Moto Two as we had a great fight for the win between Luca Marini and Sam Lowe's. Uh, BT Sport certainly wasn't going crazy over that one, I promise. And in the not so good news for British circumstances, Moto Three was here where we had a big, big, big championship flashpoint between uh, the championship leader and one John McPhee. We'll get into what happened later on. So, before we get going, here's the places you can find us real quick. We're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, nice to see you. Um, why not subscribe and hit the bell to find out exactly when we're next on and when, uh, when we get videos and all that good stuff. Um, we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. Um, we're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Our handles are on the screen right now if you want to follow us personally on there, as well as in the video description down below. Um, but if you're not watching on YouTube, we're at Harrison101HD. We're at RJ O'Connell, we're at Ryan Eric King, and at C Buckley917. We are now also on Instagram. Instagram at Motorsport101Pod. If you want to check us out on there, future content like sneak peeks, previews, bloopers, all the fun stuff we can't put on our actual feed, we'll probably end up on there at some point. As well as notifications on new episodes and all that good stuff. Hashtag well. Instagram influencers. If, if Raid Shadow Legends pays us enough, I'm sure we can figure something out. Um, anyway, also, we're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Five dollars gets you early access to all of the audio versions of the show. Uh, $10 gets you the video versions of the show and gets you into the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. You know, it's bad and late when the Aussies have come in from uh, Thursday morning uh, to listen to these recorded shows. Shout out to Sock. I see you in there. Thanks, buddy. Um, appreciate you. Um, and all of those details and my own personal thoughts on all the city season moves that we'll be talking about later on in the show on our website, motorsport101.com. Check the sticky on the top of the blog section for all on the MotoGP city season. But without further ado, let's get in to Catalonia. Frank and Morbidelli took his first career pole position in qualifying for the Catalan Grand Prix over his teammate Fabio Quartararo and Valentino Rossi shared the front row rhythm, with Maverick Vinales down in 15th and disaster for Ducati's Andrea De Vizioso as he qualified in 17th place, failing to make Q2. It only got worse for the Italian championship leader as he was taken out in the opening lap in an incident between him and Johan Zarco, former crashing at turn two and collecting Dobby in the process. Frankie got the whole shot in the early going, followed by Rossi and Jack Miller. Miller quickly faded as he couldn't stay with the group, but Fabio Cordoraro quickly surged and made his way to the front. He'd stare there, keeping a two to three second lead for the majority of the race. 
The big flashpoint happened at mid-distance as Valentino Rossi had a very uncharacteristic crash at turn two, taking him out of the running for his 200th career podium. At the same time, Morbidelli's tires were starting to fade, and he fell into the clutches of the Suzuki riders. Joanne Mir took up the charge in second, and on the penultimate lap, Alex Rins took Franco Morbidelli's spot for third. Fabio's lead was disintegrating rapidly, but he held on to take the win by just under a second over the line from Mir in second, with Rins in third making it the first double Suzuki podium finish since Mizano in 2007 with Chris Vermeulen and John Hopkins. Ooh, those were the dice. Jesus. The, the good old days. days of the 800 cc's. Yeah, that, that was the first year of the 800s. Wow. Yeah. Uh, full race result in the end. Fabio Quattararo went in for Mir and Rins. Just 1.8 between the podium there. Frankie Morbidelli fourth. Jack Miller fifth. Francisco Bagnaia sixth. Takanakagami seventh. Petrux of his best result of the year in eighth. Maverick Vinales sunk to ninth. Yes, it was another Maverick comeback. Um, Cuchillo in tenth. Brad Binder eleventh. Alicia Spargaro twelfth. Alex Marquez thirteenth. Akalokwona fourteenth. Rabat gets the last of the points in fifth ahead of Bradley Smith and Stefan Bradl. Uh, three DNFs, actually five in total, actually. Uh, Miguel Oliveira crashed six laps till the end. Rossi, as we saw, very uncharacteristic crash, nine laps out from the end. Uh, Polder Spargaro uh, crashed as well, so yeah, two KTMs in the gravel. Um, and, of course, as mentioned, Zarco and Dovi in the gravel trap after 15 seconds of racing. Um and you can see the impact it's had on the championship. Remember how, how we spoke about how close the whole thing was? Well, it's kind of been blown out of the water a little bit after the result of that one. Big title implications all the way through. Fabio Quattararo retakes the championship lead on 108 points. Johan Mir now second on 100. Maverick Vinales on 90. Dovi is now 24 points back from Quattararo in, in fourth on 84 points. Morbidelli on 77, Miller 75, Nakagami 72, Rins on 60, Miguel Oliveira 58, and Brad Binder on 58, rounding off the top 10. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Now, this was a... This is an interesting race. Like, I think it's fair to say, for balls-to-the-wall action... Not a classic, a even by MotoGP wow. standards. A little bit on the tamer side, just a touch. But we, we had a little bit of action. We had some good bit of uh, bike to bike action in the top five. Mm, but uh, more a case of big implications for the championship, and uh, we, we'll, get, we'll get to the winner first. I mean, that was textbook from Fabio Quartararo. I think on that on he that W. It. Badly he needed it. Um, he he had gone about a month without really seeing any kind of success while his championship lead was eroded. Mm. Now he's got some good points back on the board. <clears throat> he's he's plus eight now on Mir. And I remember mentioning this in the chat before we, we got going, that uh, Leopard posted a very cool throwback from their Moto3 days when, back in 2016, their two teammates were, and their lead bike was Joanne Mir and Fabio Quattararo, and now they are one and two in the top flight championship. That is and awesome. It's, it, it's funny how these things turn out sometimes. Um, and this was a tyre war race. This really was a, a, a tyre management race, and it's you don't normally see that in MotoGP so much, or at least it's certainly not the emphasis of the race so much. But Catalonia has this knack of it just producing these these tire wars. 
He just it's the <clears> long <throat> corners, it's the loads on the tires. I remember when like, we had Lorenzo winning here last year. We, I remember Dovi, the one that sticks out to most was Dovi winning here two years ago when he was just he completely mastered the new Michelin tires and the Hondas were the only ones that could stay even relatively close. Um yeah. and it's it that's Catalonia for you, isn't it, Cam? Yeah, it is. Um and it really seemed to affect the Yamahas most significantly mm. where um you know, Frankie, it's been a bit of a trend lately. Frankie has a really good start to a race and then fades a little bit. Mm. And it hit him probably most severely. It hit Rossi. I mean, Rossi was looking pretty good to do some damage in the championship of his own. Rossi and had just, 200 podiums locked up under lock and yeah. key until he put it on the floor, which is something he Maybe. rarely ever does. Back-to-back retirements. By the way, back to back retirements, and he was running well in both of these races. It's very uncharacteristic to see. It's 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 like different portions of his game are starting to leave him at different rates. Where now it seems he's got some speed back, but now he's putting the bike on the floor. It's the it's really one, strange. It's the one thing about Valentino Rossi I would often say is ironclad. His bottle. He doesn't make those sorts of mistakes in Grand Prix. You normally know that Rossi is bulletproof when it comes to his racecraft. That's always been, for me at least, his strongest attribute as a, as a rider. You know he's got bottle and he's not going to crash in those sort of scenarios. And this is... His... He won his last couple of titles, not necessarily for being the fastest guy out there, but just keeping the bike upright when his competitors couldn't. Absolutely. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was eleven years ago now. Last time he won a championship. And yet he still he still got that bike in podium position. Again, not the first time this season either. He's been yeah. challenging for it multiple times this year. This is not a fluke for Valentino to see him up there challenging for a win. This is he's done this on a semi frequent basis this year and it just didn't it just didn't work out this time yeah. around again. He's he's gone down again. And yeah, back really, to the tire wear. And, yeah. And Fabio was being hit by it late. Mir and Rins were tearing over half a second out of him in the final couple of laps. This Suzuki yeah. team is a problem. It's a good they, problem to have for us. It's, it is a good problem to have for us. I mean, Mir was sensational again. What can you say about Every four week. podiums in his last five races? What can you say about never finishing a race outside the top five when you have finished? Yeah, like, at first, it, early on in the season, it looked like Suzuki were going to be the team not to compete for the championship per se, but to keep the front runners honest. Now it looks right. like they have mm. a legitimate shot at getting Joe and Muir a championship. Yeah, Th- that bike is devastatingly quick. At that, the final, the final quarter of a race, Mir and Rins are just taking everyone to the cleaners. They are. They're so much faster than everyone else on worn tires, on low fuel. The problem, of course, is qualifying pace and when the tires are fresh. Yeah. Yeah, they are so good. In the, like, they are better on their tires than any other team in the paddock. And in the tire attrition race, Suzuki was always going to come up. Let's not forget, you know, Amir started 13th. He didn't yeah. make Q2. 
Um, he didn't make Q2, and he was, in the second half of that race, the fastest guy on track by an order of magnitude. He'd see, he was a second faster than Quattararo on the final lap of that race. So that race is one lap longer. He has a shot to win. Like, yeah. the tires hit Fabio hard at the end of that race. And, uh, yeah, he Quattararo timed his break to perfection. Because if he gets that one lap out, he's in serious trouble of not winning that race or binning it trying. And he yeah. got it on the nose. And, uh, yeah, incredibly impressive ride from the front, too. Let's not forget Alex Rins is still riding with, like, one and a half shoulders. <laughs> I was going to mention, and, yeah, he... He might be the most impressive of the podium getters. Nowhere in qualifying, and was pretty much followed Mir through. Right. First podium of the year for Renz. It's amazing to think it's his first podium. (laughs) I know he's riding on one and a half arms, but damn. Yeah. You know what the Suzuki team reminds me of? It reminds me of the last two years of V8 Lotus in F1. Where yeah. they were so good on their tires and they were so consistent that they could grab podiums and points as others fell by the wayside. Yeah, the Grosjean and Kimi era. That was a fun time. Mm. Uh, yeah, they, 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 were, they were a good... Like, that, there was a good period in Formula 1. I remember that the only man that was key, that was in Vettel's postcode towards the end of that season was Romain Grosjean. I remember uh, having optimism about Romain Grosjean's upside. I remember Japan 2013. It still hurts. Uh, still hurts. I remember Yelp. that race as well, but from entirely different races that have nothing to do with the race. <laughs> Fabio Quartararo, though, I mean, he needed this win. He'd gone, he'd gone five races without even standing on the podium after opening the year with two back-to-back victories in Hareth. And mm. we were starting to think, like, okay, this is where Fabio, his inexperience, he starts to fall apart, but he just barely hangs on to keep yes that win no. that points lead. Yes and no, because I think this, as mu- as great as this was for Fabio, I think it's a shot across the bow as well, because Fabio pretty much had as good a race as he could have had, and Mir and Rins were up his exhaust right at the end, after qualifying out of the top ten. I still want to see That's scary. Andrew. One of the win one of these net six rounds. I think if he if he's able he will. to turn one of these podiums into a race win, I think he's solidly in this championship hunt. It's Not coming. To say that he isn't already. I, I think is. I think I think Valencia technical round, the um, low speed, big turn in, big rear grip. Watch. I think Mir will take one at least <laughs> one of the Valencia wins later on in the year. You he's heard it here first. Well. He's you go- may have they've to do gotta that. be top five because you can't Ideally. pass there, especially with the lack of power. That's, it, that's the only that's hole the in the Suzuki's other. game right now. Because uh, yeah. during that race, he was behind Jack Miller for a good portion of the race, and you watched the Ducati get very small in his windshield, his, uh, his windscreen visor. Indeed, indeed. Um one other big, obviously, title contender on the other end of the scale here, Andrea De Vizioso. I mean, oh. this this was a disastrous weekend for the championship leader going into this round. That was the end. And as far as you I, think it's I, the don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's because the end just yet. He's I think still that's the end. <clears throat> I think that's the end because Ducati have been nowhere. They did all that damage in Austria, and that was just all undone. 
I can't <sighs> see anything for the rest of the year suiting the fact, let alone the factory Ducatis. Premac is hey. kicking their ass. It's a problem. I mean, you look at Dovi's results, right? He was on he was on the podium at the opening round in Jerez. He won in Austria. His other results this year: sixth, eleventh, fifth, seventh, eighth for the DNF. They're not. He's not going to take big swings out of the championship no. lead. Going go if if current form is anything to go by, like. And as Cam alluded to, the Pramac boys are the informed team right now. They, yeah. they're the ones that are threatening for wins. We'd ex- if you didn't know any better, you'd have thought the, li- the deliveries of the teams had been swapped. Like yeah. you'd think the Pramacs would be in the minor points positions, and you'd think Ducati were up there challenging for wins. And yeah. it's it's like Do- Dovi pretty much admitted after qualifying on Saturday that. It's not looking good. He basically said, "Look, this is a problem." Oh, like that's been 17th. Seventeenth. How does that happen? Just couldn't put a lap together. Apparently, he just said the bike just didn't feel good. He said, and everything well, they've tried it. has not worked. Th- yeah, this twenty twenty Ducati Premax making it work better than the factory team is. Yeah, and I think it doesn't help. Well, it's, it's good for Ducati in the long run, I would say, because. The, mm. And we'll get more, into their city season moves more in a on minute. That later. But uh, one of the riders they're going to bring up, I think, seems to have maybe cracked Pandora's box on that Ducati. And we'll get into the mm. details as to why in a minute. But it is not looking good for Davinzios. And of course, the race itself, just sheer bad luck, was collected. Johan Zarco fell at turn two, tucked the front. Dovi was trying to avoid him around the outside. He gets collected. Nothing. There was just one of those incidents. Um. Just nothing Dovi could have done about it. Just sheer bad luck, really, more than anything else. And that was worst could, case scenario you could, you, with Fabio winning. Yeah, oh, that that was the one thing you hoping not like the main two title threats in that block of four we were talking about earlier finished first and second. Like it, it could not have worst been any scenario. more disastrous. Yeah, definitely, Jesus. Like these, these two most realistic rivals both took maximum points on the table. So, Dovi all of a sudden is now a race back, and there is not a particularly strong round left for Ducati out of the six we've got. Maybe Aragon, but on pure power alone. But but Ducati then the Premac, a- the Premac bikes have been faster. Dovi's not going to be able to. Even if Ducati dominate there, he might be third best stuck there. He's not going to be uh, able to pull the points out of this. That it, it, the peaks aren't matching the troughs. When no. it's bad, it's really bad. When it's good, it's not good enough. Indeed, it is uh, scruffy to say the least. And like I said, Dovi now twenty four points. Uh, off the championship lead with six to go. Still plenty of time to catch him, to catch the, the leading group, but still, I'm not sure where he's going to be able to do it um, on that one. Um, but let's get into some of the other news we had on, take place during the weekend and after the weekend as well, I should say, because we had three big seats announced in Silly Season. One of them, well... We saw this coming like back in March, and uh, <laughs> we fucking took we... you long enough. <laughs> what can you I know... say? Merchandising is a tough thing to nail down. 
when you are literally the institution, when you are the Michael Jordan of your sport. You know, it's you know a fun fact that, that Simon Patterson told me via Twitter DM. Like, apparently, the man makes thirty million a year purely in merchandise. I am not surprised in the slightest. This is yeah. Valentino Rossi. Rock. He's at Patronus SRT Yamaha for twenty twenty one, which we all expected. You're all yeah. shocked. You're all shocked, surprised, <laughs> stunned, aghast, nonplussed. I know. Even. It is wild. I mean, yeah, like, apparently the big hurdle was image rights. What a surprise! Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, the, the, the arguably the biggest brand in motorsport um, for an individual rider or driver uh, takes a lot of time to iron out. But they got there in the end, and they could officially, they announced it Saturday morning, officially, they could finally get all the big graphics out in the social media department. Even SRT joked, sorry we kept you waiting. Um, <laughs> that they could finally officially confirm that alongside Frankie Morbidelli, Valentino Rossi will be on the SRT team. It's a one-year deal with an option for a second year. The only reason there's really an option is because the Yamaha themselves haven't actually committed um, to their future in the sport beyond 2021, but most likely will. Uh, Lynn Jarvis said, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get that, that lined be, out in due course. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is not another Mercedes. It ain't another Mercedes quit threat. We that promise. Lynn really Jarvis weird. Lynn's not like that. He's not like Toto or Merckx or any other journalist that will, like tease a Mercedes breakup. No, it will get ironed out. It's just a matter of when rather than if. But uh, that's it's the only reason why apparently Rossi didn't sign a two-year deal, which I think is crazy. So we're going to be at least seeing Valentino into his age 42 season and I think his 25th year in Grand Prix motorcycle racing, which is just... Dear is Lord. He, is he on the TB12 plan? I, he has to be. I, I hope he looks at it like I, I. I hope he looks at the situation like Ichiro looked at it when he just goes, "Who the fuck is Tom Brady?" Um, <laughs> How dare you? He was a Patriots fan. Look, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I mentioned it on our website. There's not an awful lot to say that hasn't already been said about this. We kind of knew the parameters and knew what the implications were going to be of this right away. Um, it's the biggest name in motorsport. He's going to be sticking around. And think, that merchandise is going to fly off the friggin' shelves in Malaysia, where their team is based. They love him down in that country. It's going to be a sea of black and yellow. Oh man, yeah. I can only begin to. Uh-huh. I can only begin you to know what it that. is. I, I, I can only imagine. Uh, I can only imagine <laughs> what potential events happen down in Malaysia between Valentino Rossi and other riders. Oh God! Like there'll be like SRT media days. There's gonna be they're gonna be firing T-shirts into the stands. There's gonna be burnouts yeah. everywhere. Loads it really, of dancing and girls. And, really <laughs> kickstarting interest and in the- uh, yeah, you, you know it'd be real interesting if we, you know if if sales of a certain public of, of a certain uh, publication just suddenly went up. What 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 could that be, King? <laughs> oh man! Gonna, don't don't make me do the shameless plug. <laughs> we're gonna get those Rossi those uh, Rossi one sneakers. Oh. You kick someone with the left. 
Sinless to shoe is is the left one extra thick. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) I mean, we we joke, but you know, to be fair, like. I literally said on Twitter at the time, like, I just strolled from I was like, oh, look, Ross is, get- Ross is getting an upgrade because he's actually going to the better Yamaha team right now. Because- I know, right? Oh. <laughs> we didn't even paper. mention it during the race review. Um, Vinales stunk, and that's all you need to know. Oh, let's let's just... No. Let, like, brief a cameo to say, Maverick did a Maverick. Anyway. <laughs> but it's, it, it's exactly that. Like, Look, Yam- like the factory Yamaha team are first and fifth in the championship right now. They were first and fourth before this round even started. Um, you know, so they you can make a case they have the strongest bike rider lineup in the sport right now with Fabio and Morbidelli because they've won four races between them this year. They've 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 won like half the races we've seen so far this year has been won on a on a bike that's black and turquoise. Um you know, so if you're Valentino, if you're a Rossi fan right now, looks like a good spot right now. Just saying, especially God given, damn right. especially given he's got the majority of his crew not going with him over there because he's going with the SRT crew. SRT were very, were very much digging their heels on this. You're only bringing like two dudes with you here because. Um, Razlan didn't want to uh, basically sack his own staff that had got the, that had taken him to that point in the first place. So he for to for probably up. at a minimum of two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I'm not sacking my own dudes to bring yours in. You need to go back and cherry pick who you want to take with you. Like you can have two dudes. Basically, it's, it's why amazing news that's a uh, famous. Uh, mechanic and guy that's been in the Yamaha and his setup for over twenty years. Alex Briggs is not going with him um, to to SRT, um, and that he he's now a free agent, which is weird, which is weird to say about a mechanic. But here we are. Um, that, that's a anyone, big deal in the sport. Yeah, that is a massive deal in the sport. I remember, like the Rossi revival in twenty fifteen doesn't happen without him sacking Jeremy Burgess, his longtime crew chief that was there for. 13 or so years together. That's oh, what kick-started the company. Since, mm. He was with Rossi since what? 2000? Yeah, 2000. Mick, first uh, year in the top yeah. flight. Yeah, because it used to be Mick's, uh, Mick Doohan's. Long yeah, so, time, many, many, many championship winning crew chief. Exactly. So, uh, and that, like, that was seen as, like, the last roll of the dice for Valentino, and it actually kick-started him becoming a top-flight rider again and nearly winning the championship in 2015. Um, so, yeah, it was a big, was a big deal for that to happen. So, yeah, a lot of news coming out of the Rossi camp. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this is the one that was that was always going to be a bit more intriguing. The, the Ducati situation. Yeah. This- so about that point about the Ducati factory team and the Pramac team swapping liveries. What if? <laughs> what if we just promote the two dudes that are on the quote unquote B team right now? Because. Because that's exactly what what Ducati has done. Because their lineups, they they revealed both their lineups for 2021 this morning, and it was it it was the obvious pick, but still obviously a bit of a surprise because they they had options across the board. They ended up going with Francisco Bagnaia or Pecco, as we like to call him, Pecco alongside Miller in the factory Ducati team. Straight swap. And, 
straight swap for both of their Pramac riders for this year. They'll both be on the factory bikes next year. And then on the Pramac team, the, no again, worst kept secret, Jorge Martin taking one of the two seats and Johan Zarco taking the other one um, in a minor upset after doing some good work on the Avincia. And wasn't it also revealed that both the Pramac riders will be on current Ducati machinery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll all be on GP... Uh... Would be the GP20B or the GP21, whatever they call it. Yeah, it's the 21. All four of their mirrors are on the 21s. I believe Banyaya has got a. Banyaya and Martin have two year deals. Miller and Zarko have the one plus one option on there. So, yeah, Chikani has revealed themselves. And I gotta say, I think the lineup's pretty good. I, think- I like it. I yeah, think it's I like solid. It. It, it, I have been impressed with what we've seen out of Francesco Bagnaia this year, and I would love to see Jack Miller, the Grand Prix winner already. Let's see what he can do in a big-time team. Yeah, it, He's been on the cusp for a long, long time, it seems. Like, Pramac have a very solid lineup. For personal reasons, I can't enjoy said lineup, but they have a solid lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still salty now about K. the whole Johan Zarco situation? Is that it? And now, now, now Jorge's gone too? Now Jorge's gone too. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe, KTM, maybe KTM should just be better. <laughs> We're trying. Uh, um, I, like, I, I like it, but like... <laughs> Are they getting a downgrade by moving to the factory team? That's it's scary. That's the funky thing. It ain't a downgrade in pay. It ain't a downgrade in pay scale. I can say that. Oh no, 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 no. They they pay they pay their dudes very very comfortably. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a wild one certainly, um, and. I think it's a good mix. They've got a good blend of youth, experience, uh, a lot of raw speed. I mean, as mentioned, Banyai has really come around this year. Zarco, with limited time on the 19, has done good work. The Bruno round sticking out more than any other. Jorge Martin kind of COVIDed himself out of championship contention in Moto2, but still has insane yeah. speed, you know, proving he can win races. You got um, Ronad. You got Ronad, as you, as you can say. Um, and Miller again has all. Miller has low key been like a podium level runner now for like the last two or three seasons. So, like, it's it's a good lineup. I mean, especially given they lose in Davizioso yeah. and they threw a lot of money, at a lot of dudes trying to get the big fish in free agency. They tried Maverick Vinales. They came this close to getting him and failed. They tried to get Alex Rins. That failed. They tried to get Joanne Mir. That might be looking like a real failure for him right now, given that Mir's come around tenfold this year. Um, And now, despite those swings and misses, I think they've actually come out all right in the end. If, if if, If they can replicate Pramac's form in the factory team... Miller and Banyai will be able to challenge for wins right away, and that's not a bad thing at all. At least, at least in my opinion. Will they be shaking up the, the mechanics? Will they be bringing some of Pramax people into Ducati? Or do you think, I think they, they'll they be need sharing to shake resources? 
I think they'll be sharing resources from what I've been told, basically. Okay. So, which don't makes read sense. too much into that just yet. Yeah, so we'll wait and see how that figures out. But uh, yeah, that's the Ducati situation. Um, very interesting idea. Like again, I I think Brandy Ira is a, is a is a is a monster talent. I really do. And him alongside Miller is going to be uh, a, a great team. I love that Miller approved on Twitter. Was like, hey, we're keeping the band together. <laughs> which I thought was, which I thought was f- we love Jack on this show. Um, we're keeping also, the band yeah, together, and now we're in a better tour bus. <laughs> also, um, fun fact as well. The I believe the the tear off I mentioned on last week's show that uh, Jack Miller yep. saved, I uh, believe, is now currently up for auction um, for Wheels for Life. I think it's at over three thousand pounds right now. So uh, yeah, he autographed any, it and put it up on there. Yeah, so um, rich people get a get a rare piece of racing memorabilia. <laughs> get the tear off and kill the MotoGP bike. It's it's bid now. It's for a very good course. Um, so as, as far as I'm concerned, so get on that, Jacati, and um, plug that up. But uh, I'll quickly get into some of the support series as well because uh, we had a couple of we had a couple of fun couple of fun ones out here as well. Moto Two was surprisingly good, actually. A, a, it's been a bit, you know, likes to flag for a lot of the Moto Two yeah. season this year. This was a pretty good one. I mean, we had we had Luca Marini and Sam Lowe's have a good old fashioned entire race Barney, and uh, that was fun. Um, they were they went back and forth pretty much the whole way through. They were the two fastest guys on the day, pretty comfortably. Um, in the end, on that one, they broke away from the leading group very quick, and they got into their own race. It was Marini that would come out on top uh, in the end. Um, by just under just under a second, I believe it was from Sam Lowe's in second in the end. So, yeah, Marini, I think that's his third win of the year now as well. So, yeah, it is two in the last three and third overall. He extends his championship lead to twenty points. We'll get into that in full detail in just a second. But uh, we also had Fabio Di Giantonio get his first podium of the year for the speed up team in third. He broke away from uh, Navarro and uh, Joe Roberts in the top five for the Tenor American Racing Team. The, the Americans all smiled and glee. Joe Roberts back in the top five. Yeah, he, he, he looked like he was having fun out there, which was nice to see. Uh, so yeah, Navarro and Roberts in the top five. Could have been Jake Dixon up there as well, but his bike conked out due to a mechanical failure. Sigh. Once again, the Brits are screwed. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we get some love on this show, please? No? No? We like Jake Dixon here, for God's sake. That's, that's God what you get it. for gloating the other week. That's fair. That's that's entirely fair. <laughs> Shout out as well to Enea Bastianini. He went from 11th to 6th, trying to come back after a pretty poor qualifying by his standards. Um, and you mentioned Jorge Martin a minute ago as well. He... Had, it was his first race back after testing positive for COVID-19 a couple of weeks ago. He tested negative earlier on in the week. He came back. Great to hear that he's feeling okay. Um, but sadly, his bike uh, suffered technical problems as well, unfortunately. So again, three straight races now uh, without any points to show for his title campaign at all. So... Yeah, uh, that like given the scoreboard now, it's probably going to put Martin out of realistic title contention. 
Full result, yeah. as I mentioned, that's in the top five. And A was sixth. Marco Bezecchi seventh. Aaron Canet eighth. Um, yeah, well, which is to him, he had he's had surgery on his uh on his arm. He's had another case of Moto Two arm pump. Everybody. Um, so that's please get well soon because we've had lots Cal of, have a, uh, lots yeah. of that this year. In Jesus, every, yeah, in all three of the series. Yeah, uh, another uh, arm pump keyhole procedure for uh, Canet. He's recovering, should be back for next time out of Le Mans. Marcos Ramirez in ninth, Marcel Schrotter tenth, Luti, Nagashima, Garzo, Pons, and Corsi rounding off the points ahead of Gardner, Ben Schneider, Sirin, Itazar, Daniel, and uh, Betakerski as well rounding off the points. Uh, championship standings in Moto 2. Luca Marini now has a 20 point lead on Enea Bastianini. Remember, Bastianini's probably the one with the MotoGP prospects for next year. Somehow, Marini might not be. Very strange how that one turns out, because, uh, uh, qu- qu- forgive me, King, quick side note, we, there's only three open seats left in the MotoGP paddock. One of them's going to pro- probably going to Taka. Yep. The Avinti is probably going to Bastianini. And the Aprilia seat all boils down to the core of arbitration for sports. Yep. Marini is probably going to miss out. Slowly. We're inching closer and closer to that, but we're not there yet. Middle of October. We're about three weeks away. We'll know soon. Please, dear God. (sighs) Can we finally get a verdict so we can rest this once and for all? But um, Bastini, as I mentioned, second in the championship on 130 points behind, uh, 20 behind Marini. Marco Bezzecchi third on 114. Sam Lowe's now fourth on 103, and Jorge Martin on 79. It's really busted out. It's now looking like probably a four-horse race for the championship with Lowe's just on the outside um, on that one. Keeping some faint British hope alive, because that's what we do on BT Sport when you watch. Yeah, yeah, I do want to... One of these days, I want to do like an essay about how if it's done right and if it's done sparingly, Partial commentary can be fun and enhance an experience. When overdone and overblown, it can detract. Speaking of it which, can, it does. <laughs> Speaking of which, Moto Free. Wow. Oh no! Oh no! The headline's got John McPhee in it, and it's not for the good reason. Oh! Big early drama oh, and a big oh, championship flashpoint as John McPhee lost it early into turn four and collected title favorite Albert Arenas in the process. McPhee took full responsibility for it and went to the Aspar garage to apologize to Aranis after the race, during the race. Good lad. Meanwhile, at the front, the moment you've all been waiting for, Darren Bender finally collected himself and put together a big final lap to win his first Grand Prix and making him the seven different winner of Moto3 this season after just nine races. Tony Arbolino and Dennis Foggia rounded off the podium. And the big focus was on leading contender Ai Ogura. And he just couldn't make up ground in the league group, only finishing 11th. A big missed opportunity for the title. That is Bender, Arbolino, Foggia, Sergio, not the golfer, Garcia, in fourth. Uh, Lopez in fifth. Fanatian sits. Massi in seventh. Celestino Vignetti in eighth. Antonelli in ninth. Rodrigo in tenth. Ogura in eleventh. Salak in twelfth. Fernandez thirteenth. Stefano Nepa fourteenth. And Riose Yamanaka rounding out the top fifteen. It's it's funny if you actually watch that race. Like props to the race directors and the, and, and the and Dorna's crew. They kept cutting back to Agura and showing his onboards constantly during the second half of that race. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew this was a big opportunity 
for Agura in the championship, and he kind of failed to capitalize, really. He still takes the championship lead um, by three points over Arenas, um, 122 to 119, but this was a big missed opportunity to do some heavy dam damage in the championship, and he couldn't do it. Um, as mentioned, John McPhee uh, basically collecting Arenas off the road. Arenas was furious um, when he was in the gravel trap. And yeah, as mentioned, McPhee, bless his heart, went straight to the Aspar garage and immediately apologised when he got back to when he got You're back the to, to the proper British rider, <laughs> a, a real sportsman, mate. Bless him. He's, he's he's a good he's a good. Uh, we rail at him a lot because of BT Sport affiliation. Uh, John McPhee's a good lad. He's a good lad, really. He's a, and, he's uh, a good lad and a good writer. Yeah, it's just you know, we, we it's easy to dislike because of the affiliation and the and the broadcasters to get behind him. It's kind of the problem. Um, yeah, as mentioned, Gura leading the way in the championship now at 122 points. We'll be ruining that 11th place though, mind you. Arena second on 119. John McPhee on 98, Tony Arbolino on 95, and Cesar Vietti rounding off the top five on 94. Still a lot to play for in that one. As mentioned, six races to go. MotoGP is back, not this weekend, but next weekend. Um, uh, the Sunday, October the 11th at Le Mans. We are going to have a Le Mans race, and I believe we're going to have 10,000 fans allowed in for it as well. And... Uh, if Johan Zarco or Fabio Quattararo are anywhere near the front, you are going to hear about it. The French mm. dudes are mad for bike racing. Um, they still the ten thousand will make the noise of a hundred thousand. I guarantee you that if Quattararo is anywhere up there on a home race, man, guarantee. and they don't even have to pipe that crowd noise in through the PA. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, not not required. They'll be having megaphones. There'll be flares. The campsites are going to be on fire. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> oh, Wait, is this, is this a MotoGP round or an ECW pay-per-view in 1998? Yes. <laughs> That's the answer to that question. Yes, it is. Whew. We'll be back next week. And it's kind of a little... It's going to be... I think it's going to be one of those sort of episodes where you just group a lot of stuff together. Because isn't IndyCar racing this weekend at Indianapolis? IndyCar is next weekend. Um, um, yeah. Let me... That's pretty much it. That's it. We can yeah. go through the new NASCAR schedule. We can go through the... Uh, not, the, the rainiest of races <laughs> this year. At the no, 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 no. The, the Nürburgring was the not rain delayed. It took, it, took it took a power nap. It took a power nap. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still in slumber. It's going to wake up sometime in the middle of December. Yeah. All we got yeah. next week is World Superbikes and IndyCar for the main series that we cover. It'll be one of those. We'll, 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 it's one of those like episodes where just, we haven't caught the full Kool Aid, but we're gonna try and put a bit of water in there to pile it out a little bit. And oh, we're, we'll we're good at we'll adding that water in. Oh, yeah, we're, we're very, very good at that water. <laughs> we're we're gonna, and, and then we're gonna add a fifth of Super GT to the mix just to spice things up a bit. Be sure to <laughs> yeah, leave your keys in the punch bowl. Uh, oh, and on that note, let's get out of here. Um, before I see the before I see the blindfolds come out. Um, <laughs> places you can find. Uh, <laughs> old podcast crew corpsing. Send for the man. <laughs> Happy <laughs> International <laughs> Podcast <laughs> Day, everyone. <laughs> oh. 
only on international podcast day would RJ get us all corpse in over a swingers reference. God damn him. <laughs> um, God damn him to hell. Places you can find us one more time. We're on youtube.com forward slash Westport 101. Please subscribe if you're watching us on there uh, for all the latest and uh, updates and videos from uh, vlogs, all that good stuff, all the episodes, and in future as well, highlight segments from the show will be up on there as well. Um, we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101. Post, I promise I'll post more on there too. Lewis demanded me to. Um, <laughs> we're on Twitter and motorsport underscore 101 um, as well as our personal handles are on screen now if you're listening to us on, on the audio version that's at Harrison 101HD at RJ O'Connell at Ryan Eric King and at cbuckley917 our website motorsport101.com we're on Instagram now as well motorsport101pod follow us on there for all some sneaky bits and teasers and whoever else you feel like cobbling together on there it's going to be fun um, and of course you can back us financially on Patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 $5 gets you early access to all the audio versions of our show. $10 for the video version, um, as well as being able to listen to these shows live as they're being recorded. Thanks to everyone that's just listened in late tonight. I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King, and Cam Buckley. I'm off to school with somebody else's girlfriend. Thanks for listening, and sayonara. (laughs) Baseball's great, y'all. Disclaimer, baseball may or may not be great by the time this podcast goes out on video and audio formats. Mm. <laughs> King's got nothing to do with five. And yes, bye. <laughs> <laughs>